the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory be to thee. When the angel had left the shepherds and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. And the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If you are thinking that today's gospel reading sounds a lot like the reading we read on Christmas Eve, you would be right. Today's gospel passage was indeed read on Christmas Eve all except for the last verse, which reads, after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Under Jewish religious law, all male infants were to be circumcised on the eighth day after birth. It was also customary at this time for family and friends to witness the naming of the child. You'll remember that the angel Gabriel, when he had appeared to Mary to announce that she was to have a child, told her, you are to call him Jesus. In much of Christianity, therefore, January 1st, eight days after December 25th, the birthday of Jesus, January 1st is celebrated as the feast of the holy name of Jesus. Now you may be thinking, why did the church institute a major feast day in observance of the naming of Jesus? When we were born, we were each given a name, but it is likely that very little thought is ever given to the occasion of our naming. In biblical times, however, as in many cultures today, someone's name often said something about the person's appearance, personality, characteristics, or the very nature of who that person is. And a change of name commonly marked a profound change in that person and in that person's attitude or outlook 
on life. Perhaps the most famous example of that in the Bible story, in the Bible, is the story of Jacob, whose name means supplanter or usurper. And appropriately so, because he usurped his older brother Esau's birthright and then ran away to a faraway country. Years later, however, Jacob, the usurper, realized that the birthright he had stolen did not simply confer on him some elevated status. It carried with it a heavy responsibility. As the grandson of Abraham, through whom the everlasting heritage of Abraham would be passed down, Jacob was responsible to carry out the mission God had given to his grandfather Abraham. God had called Abraham away from his native land of Mesopotamia and brought Abraham and his descendants to a promised land. And yet Jacob, after deceiving his brother and father, had fled from that promised land and was living in a foreign country. God had promised Abraham that through him and his descendants, all the world would be blessed. Yet Jacob had been only striving to bless himself. After many years, however, something changed in Jacob's mindset. Something changed in his outlook on life and his understanding of his place in the lineage and calling of Abraham. Jacob decided to take responsibility for his birthright, return to the land promised by God to his grandfather Abraham, and ask forgiveness of his older brother Esau, whose rightful birthright Jacob had stolen. But Jacob didn't know whether Esau would welcome him or try to kill him. A change of mindset often brings risk. The night before he was to cross the river into the promised land and face his brother Esau, Jacob lay down to sleep. And all night long he wrestled with an angel of God or Perhaps it was a man, or perhaps it was God himself. The text is somewhat ambiguous. The story tells us that as the sun was rising the next morning, Jacob asked the angel to give him a blessing. And the angel, or was it God, said, your name will no longer be Jacob. You have struggled with God and with mortals, and you have prevailed. So your name will be Israel, the man who wrestles with God. Jacob, the supplanter, had been conniving, calculating, and self-serving. But Israel, the man who struggled with God, would be penitent and humble wanting to take responsibility as a descendant of Abraham who would carry the name of Abraham for his generation and pass it on to the next. 
Israel would be an instrument of God through whom God's promise to Abraham would be carried forward. The promise that through Abraham and his descendants, all the world would be blessed. Jacob's mindset, his attitude toward the world, how he saw his own life in relationship to God and other people, drastically changed. And his name was changed to mirror that interior change of mindset and perspective on life and relationship to God and other people. But back to Jesus. The name Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, means God saves. And Jesus' very nature was indeed to save, a word which in the New Testament Greek can also mean to heal, to bring together, to make whole. This is what we celebrate today. Not so much the name Jesus itself, but the person who bore that name, a person whose very nature was to heal individuals and communities, bringing them together and making them whole. This was his identity and his mindset, a very different mindset from the prevailing mindset of the world. For if we are to be honest, my friends, does not much of the world, both in Jesus' day and in ours, have the mindset of Jacob, taking what it wants for itself, regardless of how that might affect others, and avoiding any divine call or responsibility to God, to each other, our communities, and the rest of the world, particularly the most vulnerable. Naming the child Jesus, God saves, tells us that he will embody God's saving, healing, reconciling spirit and mindset. Naming the child Jesus tells us that he will see in each and every person the wholeness that God sees and will pour out all his energies, his love, his life to bring about the reconciliation of communities, nations, and the world. And here's the thing, my friends. You and I are called to bear the name of Jesus. It's the very meaning of our baptism when we were, to use the words of our prayer book, marked as Christ's own forever. We are called to live our lives in the name of, the spirit of, the mindset of Jesus to embody in our own lives the compassion, love, forgiveness, and humility of Christ Jesus. In today's epistle reading, St. Paul writes, and I use the NIV translation, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset 
as Christ Jesus. Do we? In our relationships with one another, do we have the mindset of Jesus whose name we bear? I think it's fair to say that when we look out at our world today, we can see a widespread mindset of political partisanship, which separates and divides, while the mindset of Jesus unites and makes whole. We can see a widespread mindset of criticism and judgmentalism, whereas the mindset of Jesus is accepting, forgiving, and welcoming. We can see a widespread mindset of self-centeredness, like Jacob, rather than the other-centered mindset of Jesus. What is the mindset of Christ Jesus? St. Paul tells us in today's epistle, and again, I read for the NIV translation, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in his very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but emptied himself. Who among us, my friends, can consistently say that when we have the opportunity in any situation, we don't use it to our own advantage, but for the advantage of others? Who among us consistently empties ourselves of our egos, our prerogatives, our privileges, our rights, for the sake of others, our community, and the world? And yet, this is what Jesus did. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus' first instruction to his listeners was, repent, which in the Greek, metanoia, literally means change your mind. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, Paul instructs. And here's the thing, my friends. We would not be able to change our minds into the mind of Christ Jesus if that mind were not already present somewhere deep within our soul. We bear within us, my friends, the name of Jesus. May we claim it as our own and live our lives in his name.